0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, guys, welcome to the Photographic Collective Podcast. My name is Miles with Boyer. Uh, I'm sitting here right now being mocked and shamed uh, on the other end of, of the camera from three really close friends, but they're all going to be hosting and joining and guesting. And, and uh, we're just, we're roundtabling from multiple sides of the Atlantic Ocean right now. Um, with a group of guys that i 'm excited for you guys to hear from so i 'm sitting here with Tom Wright, uh, who is in the u k brilliant commercial photographer educator um, he 's been a big part of the photoco community from before its inception. He actually was uh, a good friend of mine over on clubhouse and um, and was really like there alongside me as the idea for photoco sort of came to uh, to a head for the first first few months so excited to have his influence in here also. Um, names that you guys will know uh, immediately from our sister podcast. Uh, Brandon Buccieri, who's the host over there, is sitting with us. He is a, He's an admin and a moderator, also a small group educator uh, in PhotoCo. Um, award-winning videographer, uh, incredible director, just a, a, a dude that has a really clear uh, finger on the pulse of multiple industries and uh, just a brilliant business mind. A guy I wanted in here because you'll hear... He has no filter whatsoever, so if he thinks it it 's going to come out and, uh, and prepare the children in the room and then we 've got jared uh, jared 's always a part of everything um, but but not only is this guy like kind of my right hand dude with everything with photoco and with mwb and and all of the the shooting stuff that I do personally. Um, Jared also has just uh, niched his way into this community as, as a, uh, a real part of the accountability for the people that are in the small groups, as well as the, the large community at whole. Um, Jared just has an ability of kind of holding people to their commitments. And so here we are, he's holding me to mine. And, uh, and we're going to kick here right into a conversation uh, with these four guys as we talk through sort of the future of of uh, the PhotoCo community and some of the things that we want to see change and shift and adjust. Um, things are going to affect you guys, the listeners, directly over the next couple of months. So, okay, so we're, we're going to jump right into this whole thing because Tom just dropped us with the most beautiful piece of knowledge uh, ever. So, Tom, I, I hate to make you like restate that, but At the same time, it was way too good. So start over and give us the statistic that's going to blow everybody's mind.
1: What I was going to say was that when, with online education, there is a massive statistic, 93% of the people that buy an online course will never get past the introduction, which means that for every person that, raves about a course online, there are 93% of those people that won't speak up because they never completed it. And as educators, the number one reason why online-only education is a problem is because people don't finish it. So when I was building my own education platform, actually after the Clubhouse interactions that Miles was talking about earlier, I decided I was only going to do one-to-one. Because for me, I would much rather you spent the money and 100% guaranteed to complete the material rather than have the risk of 93% of the people that pay me good money not getting any value out of it. So as a result of this, most online educators that have like larger businesses, there are a bunch of people on, online that I'm not going to name in shame, but think about huge online education platforms that sell individual courses at really low prices. Basically, all of the money goes into the introduction, And it goes into the first few modules because they know the vast majority of their audience will never ever get past that. So as a business person, how could you possibly justify spending more money than those first two modules on the rest of the course? If you know, people aren't Mm -hmm. even going to open it Mm -hmm. now. This is actually something that's talked a lot about in the Vimeo creators um, school as well. So if you've ever gone through like an online video accreditation with Vimeo, they tell you the dropout rate. And they also talk about some pretty concrete ways and how to change that. But even those don't work properly. So whenever we're looking at this, it's trying to work out how we get from 9 out of 10 people not completing the course to 10 out of 10 people completing it. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the number one way of doing that is to be with them to stay with them through the process. And the more hands-on you can be with another person that's saying like, look, this is how you interact with this material. Somebody there to answer that question that kind of trips you up in the material, the more likely you are to get something valuable out of that education. So when we're having a conversation about photocall and the way that we can improve it, it's not about improving the quality of what's here because something that will come out again later is that having been in these small groups, there is absolute gold in there. It's trying to make sure that people have full access to it and feel like they're guided through the process of learning from what we're giving them. That's a, I mean,
0: that kind of blows my mind. I mean, they, where we kind of started with this whole thing right before we started recording was there was this question, right? Like, what is lacking
2: mm.
0: in in the photo education space and and photo and video? I mean, let's just talk to creatives in general. But I think I think what you just said, or correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you guys jump in and, and help me help me better process this. But what's lacking isn't the quality of education. It's the accountability to actually complete the education.
1: Not, not, just the, not just that, but because it's such a pronounced number, people that build online courses very often put the majority of the, the effort into the first few modules and then phone the rest in. Mm-hmm. So the, if you've got a company that's doing a really good job of providing super high quality education, then the problem is interaction. But if you've got a company that's more of a volume game or wants to just sell you more courses after the first one, you've got a twofold issue in that you've got some people that are not putting any money into the majority of the education you're buying, but also you're not engaged in the process of actually learning it. Mm. So there are those two things. There's the overall quality of the material, which I don't think Photocore struggles with. There's some absolute gold in there, especially some of the stuff that you've volunteered personally, Miles, in the group that I've been been monitoring. Um, but the, the problem is making sure that everybody has equal access to the information in, in a way that's accessible to them and makes it easy for them to engage with it. I think too that I feel like a,
3: a big aspect of education stuff, at least for me, that's always stood out is in the creative space, there's not a ton of, um, maybe like, I guess the word is access. Like for me, the, you know, the some of the best things I've ever been able to learn and the lessons that stick with me were intentionally places where I wasn't actively actually trying to learn something. Like I was just around somebody who is doing something that does it better than me or they know better or they have more experience, things like that. Um, I think that, you know, like with Photoco, we have, direct access to each other, like in the small groups, mm. but even that is still limited in some way because there's eight people plus the, you know, small group discussion leader. I think it's like, it's great that we're building that. But I, I also had, I, I reached out to everybody in my small group earlier and just asked like, Hey, if you see this before ten thirty, send me a message about like, what's working, what are you loving and what do you hope for the future? And everybody across the board that messaged me said that they all were really loving the community aspect. They love everything that's in the group, mm-hmm. but they they wanted a way that maybe they could even have more individualized access to some of the people that are involved. Because um, as it the group has grown, and I'm talking about big as like the Facebook group has grown, I think it's basically the sentiment I'm getting is like there's some people that feel like they're either in the, in the background of what's going on maybe, or just don't feel like they have quite the level of access they'd like to have to somebody like a Tom or Jared or miles who are active every day. But you know, there is also that image. Like we are, we are the guys like doing a lot of the photo co stuff as far as like, we're in, we have hands in cookie jars. I said that earlier. Like we all have um, different things going on. I feel like there's a, maybe an air of like, I don't know if I should reach out to that person how can I get individualized access to this person there. They seem busy. They've got a lot going on. Mm. They're doing all these different things. Like it's a good problem to have, I think. Mm. So how do we, how do we solve it? Like, cause I don't know of any other, I don't know of any other group that's even doing what we're doing. And that's a, that's also a common thing I'm getting from my, my group of discussion uh, folks is like, they love it. Like there is no other place that they know of, Around that, they can go and be vulnerable with a group of people Mm. and get accountability from a group of people, um, and get lit up when you need to get lit up by people you Mm. trust. You know, Mm. like that doesn't exist. It really doesn't. I didn't have it before I had, you know, you guys basically, and so.
2: No, I think that's probably a common. You know, a thing that a lot of people would probably say the same thing, Brandon, that they don't have that. And so when you put these small groups together and all of a sudden you're getting like just real conversations that maybe even like, you know, we had to lead the way in and all of a sudden open up the door for like vulnerable talk or giving away things that knowledge or experience. And even like what you're saying, Brandon, about, you know, watching people do things and learning from them, Um, I think in those groups, what's so cool about them is that people start giving away wisdom and knowledge and experience to the people. And that's, I think that's really rare because I think so often in the creative community or whatever, we, we hold things very tightly to our chest because it's our secret sauce or, or whatever it is. But I feel like in the photo co world, that stigma is very broken, uh, and it, uh, it It's something fresh and different. And I think that draws people in uh, and is an important core value of of what we're we're trying to do. Yeah, so, okay.
0: (laughs) Man, can I just admit to y'all, like, I mean, just sort of my buddies here, and obviously the hundreds of people that are going to listen to this that are wondering what the heck I'm about to say. I feel like we had a good idea. Maybe I, let's say that. I feel like I had a good idea here. I was like, right, you know, let's, let's create a platform that's separate from my business, my photography business. And I mean, Brandon, Jared, you guys were a part of this with, with Max and Justin and long before it was a community. It was just, it was just like a, a group of men sitting around a coffee shop and we all shot weddings. I mean, that was, that was what PhotoCo was. And I, I had this kind of idea and we've told that story a million times, right? Where it was like, okay, let's, let's, stop this weird exclusivity element where it's like, you know, people should want to s- pull up a chair at this table with us. And instead let's make this open. Like let's, let's bring these experiences to the public and, and adjust shift the needle and take my pride out of it. But I had no idea. And I'm serious when I say that I had no idea that, um, you know, the people are going to pop up from different you know, continents all over the world just to just to be a part of something. Not not people that followed me or that liked my work or had any any connection to me whatsoever, but that just were like in need of uh, community. And so, like as we scale this, like this group of guys, because it's going to be y'all. Like I need I need you guys as we scale this. How is it that you guys see like? the PhotoCo brand and the platform that we're building serving the community through, well,
1: it's easy for us to find a need, but like, how do we meet those needs? So I think Brandon touched on this earlier, but I think that a lot of what kind of helps us to learn initially is that you happen to be in proximity to somebody with skills that you don't have. The problem is that's kind of a privileged position to be in. Like an awful lot of people don't live in areas or have people around them that can inspire them to work more creatively. And I think part of something that I would like to see more of is to see one, a more diverse group of people, Taking the lead for sure, Uh, because like you said, a group of guys is great for us. But part of the problem is that Mm. there isn't access for a huge group of people, and whether that's because of the place you're from or for any other kind of socioeconomic reason or race reason, there's all sorts of reasons why somebody might not have access to this kind of of quality education. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the big things that you get in those situations is that when you see people in leadership roles, that that kind of model your behavior, model your kind of situation and the progression that you want, you feel more inclined to learn. That's why diverse education is massively important. Um, but actually I think that with that comes other like practical challenges that the people that are you're gonna be speaking to need to know what direction to help you grow in. So for example, you mentioned before that you weren't expecting this many people to come in and get involved. It was literally just a group of people that happened to be in proximity around a table. It's bigger than that now. And for example, we had Tara earlier sharing some of her positive experiences in the group about how she's grown from the education she's had. But she's based in the UK, which means if you're having a Facebook messenger group, all those messages are happening while she's asleep. And for those of us that kind of want to still engage and want to get access to that quality information to be able to be held accountable and all the rest of it, if those things are happening in real time when you're not available it's another way of not being able to access that education. So for all of its downsides, pre-recorded has a huge benefit that you can do it whenever you want. Mm. So it's kind of trying to find a balance between that kind of constant contact that you get in like a live chat and like a in that kind of thing, but blending it in such a way that you get access to people when you need them or at least have a designated time when you can do that. Now, for me, my kind of stress here is like how good it is to speak to people. Like one of the things I wanted to, to see for photo is to see more face to face interactions, just like this, like mm-hmm. a group of people having an actual conversation in public and building a culture where you, you, it's okay to be held accountable, like weekly, monthly, however frequently accountability groups to say like, look, this is the material that we're covering during this time. How's it going? How are your general business challenges? Because in my own business, I actually pay somebody to do this. I have a business coach that literally sits with me on a regular basis to say, like, right, cool, what have you achieved? And it helps me to celebrate the wins. It helps me to learn where I need to grow. And it helps me to seek out the correct kind of education for my Mm. business because I I know where I'm deficient. So there's a lot in that. But to sum it up quickly, you want people... That can kind of appeal to a broad range, that are available in a lot of t- different time zones, or at least at a time that's accessible to everybody in that particular group, and try and give a broader range of perspectives. That's kind of my my main main focus for any involvement I have on here.
0: Man, that's a I, that that's a tall task. I think we, I mean, I think we can all agree to this, though. I would assume. Uh, I mean, we're asking this live, but like, I think we're we're all ready, right, to sort of take the messenger groups. And, and pull them into uh, roundtables like this. Um, yeah. I, I, man, that's, we were, I was so hesitant to do that early on. I, wasn't it, Jared, I want to say it was your idea early on, right? To instead of doing that, like, why don't we do a call, a weekly call or a biweekly uh-huh. call or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I, my hesitation with that was like, you know, taking people off of, of the platform. Oh, yeah. Right, uh-huh. We were talking about doing a Discord or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Everybody's
2: on Facebook. And I was yeah. like, well, yeah,
0: let's just keep them where they are. Um, but maybe, yeah, Tom, Tom, you had a, a really good point in, in my conversation with you a couple of weeks ago where you, you basically said like, hey, these people that are joining these small groups, there is now, there's now skin in the game. They're paying to be a part of these groups. And so pulling it off the platform, starting to create our own brand identity that, that exists for them, you know. The the experience is truly elevated, and it's for them. So, are we all good with that? I mean, I th- I think you know these these are the mm. right here. We're the we're the small group leaders. So, are we all good with starting to say like let's do biweekly roundtable calls and Q and As? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm literally all for it.
3: I think so too. I, I think anecdotally, I can say that like recently, I did a. I don't know. I've been kind of hesitant to like get out of the Facebook group thing. Cause I'm like, well, you know, if some, somebody asked a question, I want to answer it in there and try to help them solve their problem in there so everybody can benefit from it mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like, uh, somebody in my group recently was redesigning their website and going through a rebrand and just like, a refresh, I guess really. And like, she had questions that you just can't answer in text. Like you just cannot do it. Like you, you need to be like, you need to look at it. You need eyes yeah. on it. Like you need to sort of be able to prescribe things instead of being general. So we did like a I don't know, 30 45 minute zoom just going through like her questions and her work so far on the website and kind of what she's trying to chase after with her clients. Yeah. And afterwards like I think the results of that call were 1 million times more than what Gold. sending somebody a mm-hmm. message could could yeah. do. Like you just can't do it all like in in a Somewhat impersonal chat. Like, there is a mm-hmm. limitation, I think, to what not only like what you can offer as a sort of coach, mentor, discussion leader, whatever, but also like as a student, someone who's trying to learn. And I don't use that as a derogatory way, but somebody who's like trying to learn, like, there's only so much you can take away from words mm-hmm. on a screen, too. I feel like that human interaction is what, yep, is what's missing about
1: education. Yeah. All the time. And That kind of like brings me on something I needed to kind of voice this as well, because that, that is a, a entirely different proposition to the kind of like low touch stuff that you've had before. Because one of the reasons why photographers can't afford to kind of make sure that 93% of the dropouts in their course don't get through it is because there's no financial incentive. So like to make something sustainable, mm-hmm. if you're going to spend half an hour like going through somebody's website on an audit, there's probably about half an hour of prep, and there's probably about half an hour of cooldown. Like, without being like mean about this, we're trying to teach people how to make money in their business. If we don't price that in the same way that we would price any other unit of our time, you can't keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's part of the thing. Like, there's like Miles was saying before about wanting to make sure people had skin in the game and like they, they knew. There needed to be an investment if they wanted to get value out of it. And that isn't trying to say, oh, we should take all these people's money. That's not the point. The point is that if I want to continue to dedicate time to this, it means by necessity I can't dedicate time to my other private practice because otherwise I'm not dignifying your education with as much value as my own business. So if you want me to treat you and treat working with you in the way that we should... It needs to be priced in a way that can keep your educator involved. So if you've ever spoken to Miles and you've looked at his price list, you should get an idea of what his education should cost because it should fall in line. Mm -hmm. It's a valuable thing. The bare minimum that these things should cost is the amount of time involved not even taking into account the enormous impact it can have on your business. Mm-hmm. Like um, a photography mentor of mine from years ago once said that photography is something you could learn in a week and master in a lifetime. But people that have been doing this for a week can make a really good living if you get the right education. So it, it's it, all I'm trying to say is that the level that small groups are at, I think right now, is hindering photocos growth. Not yep. because people don't want that it's more that it's clear that people want more and we don't have a way of neatly offering that right now and making sure that the people leading those groups can continue to do that sustainably.
3: Yeah. I've got five, I've got five messages in my inbox that say the same thing. It's like, people are loving it, but it's like, is there more like,
0: there's like, it's like an edge of their seat anticipatory. Like I'm looking forward to more basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that was, um, again, I'll say this, like it's a blessing, but it was, um, it was us dipping me again. I'll always just say me, it was me dipping my toe in the water for this whole thing. Right. Because I, you know, I've taught workshops for a long time. We've taught trainings for a long time for different brands as well as individually We've. We've made a lot of money from this stuff, but that was never the 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 vision. Like it wasn't the goal of Photoco, right? It was like, let's just create a space for people that's positive and that's that's curated, but it's not uh, it's not overly scripted. And I think as we grow, as we as we continue to go, this is one of the things I wanted the listeners to hear was this vision where you guys get to hear, like, yes, we're thinking through things like Um, adding more diversity into the leadership team. We need, we do, we need a broader set of voices in here. Um, We're thinking through things like making sure that, for instance, like I have Ollie and Steph in my small group and they're in Scotland and, and it's killing them. It's killing them to, to wake up, you know, every morning and realize that they just missed an entire day's worth of conversations when Tom is in the exact same time zone. So we need to, we need to Create opportunities for people that are in different time zones, uh, just like we do with things like you know on the the photo co episode with with Jai Long. We I had to work the, the guys on the other side of the world. We had to work with his with his time time zone. The reason we've never been able to get Ryan Teague on here, Jared, right, is because the dude is he's if if the world is indeed flat, he is on the edge. And, and but we're thinking, we're thinking through all that stuff for you guys. And, and, and I want you guys to hear, hear that from, from us. Like this stuff is for y'all and, and not us trying to profit from that, but, but us trying to make sure that we are, we're scaling in a way that, that, you know, the value is going to be there. So I think that takes us then into this, this new set of opportunities that we have growing, Right. Um, I know you guys haven't even had a chance to like preview this uh, this new platform that I'm hoping. Um, I mean, I signed a contract on it, so I think we're going to be taking uh, PhotoCo over into this new platform. But let's just daydream for a hot second. I want to hear from all of you guys. Imagine a place where you you log in. You've got your you've got your login, and you log in not as a moderator, as a teacher, but as as a uh, as a student, as just a community member. Um. What is it that you would love to see? Like what, anything, daydream it. What is it, as you log in and, you, and you're and you on your dashboard, what are the things that you would like to see populate in front of you that would make PhotoCo unique to every other uh, photo community and educational
1: platform? The best thing about online education for me would be if you came in and saw everything that's already been prepared for other people. So if you get in at week one, you've got, new experiences and you get to be part of the process and you shape the future of the education platform. But if you come in in two years time, you have two years Mm -hmm. of education you can go back through. Mm -hmm. So things like weekly workshops, like if, for example, we were all talking separately in our groups, but there there were topics being covered. If we did a good job of indexing that stuff, it means that you've got a lot of high quality information from a lot of other students in the past Those students can feel free to talk about whatever they need to talk about because it's a paid platform, which means you're not going to get random people in there and like eavesdropping on business decisions. But it means that you have the option to benefit from somebody else's problem. Like wisdom is applied knowledge. And if you see other people applying it first, you'll know a little bit more about how to be wise in your business decisions. Um, I'd also want to see some kind of interaction. Like some way of contacting somebody to learn more or some kind of like live information, like a group Mm. style setting, like, like we have in Facebook in the general group, a way of kind of searching based on topic and lots of like kind of tagged information so that as you come through, you can build this resource if you're on the ground floor. And then if you're coming in later, you have the time and you have the ability to go back through and learn everything that those other people have like kind of blazed a trail with earlier on in that process.
2: Mm. Well, that's great. I, that's what I enjoy about some of these private groups that I'm a part of. Like when I do have an issue to go in and just search. The issue, and it's probably been talked about before. Um, I love what you said that like you get to benefit from other people's problems that they're going through, uh, just the wisdom uh, that they're learning from that. So to have a a platform that can house all of this knowledge that um, because we've come to see even in our small groups, like we're all kind of going through a lot of the same stuff, you know, which is the beauty of the community where it's like, oh man, I'm not alone. Uh, and where we can talk about this. Um, and so to have an atmosphere like that where you have resources where, hey, let's search for that because we probably talked about this before because uh, that's a common thing or maybe it's not a common thing, but we still talked about it. Um, but to have, a, I mean, just to think like years down the road, like Tom's saying, like just having a library of people's experiences and, and stuff that they've worked through uh, is pretty cool to think about. I think too that
3: the organization of the whole thing needs to be like spot on because there's nothing worse than when you're on YouTube trying to find a tutorial and you've you got to sift through people like lighting their farts on fire to get where you actually want to go, basically. So it's like, you know, a nice, simple search that's like you could search by tags of like what the topic's about, video, photo, or whatever. Like something like that would be, would be clutch because you know there will be videos of miles lighting his farts on fire in there but if you want to find it you you can find it easily so
0: hashtag yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so so what about what about um from a forum perspective or like from a like threads I And mean, i know one of the things that we've all talked about in and and anybody that's in the small group says i'm sure you, you may not have mentioned this to us but i know that you are feeling the same uh let's call it fatigue i think is probably the best word of like Sometimes what if seven people in the group are focused on one topic? Everybody is plugged in, everybody's going, we're all making, we're all making headway. And then one person's just in a weird mood. Right. And and they're the one that just decides to like you can derail the whole conversation in a hurry. So what they're are the some, ones that decide to make fart jokes in the yeah, the yeah. podcast? So so what are the ways that uh like that we could keep threads organized where there is there is literally a thread that
1: says fart jokes and you can go there, but then-
2: <laughs> Take it there.
1: <laughs> I mean, for me, I'd just say the, the Facebook group model works pretty well if you ask a question if you make a statement it means that people couldn't respond to that statement because that's the other thing like if there are seven people that are having a casual conversation about something trivial because they're all at a point where there's nothing serious happening and one person's like my business is on fire like somebody help me right now <laughs> right. Like, like I mean like, not actually like physical yeah. fire but you yeah. get what I'm saying like there's, there's a disaster happening I need the help like <laughs> and it gets buried with somebody else's cat memes that's like Could that's me- not really <laughs> that's not
3: not ideal. Could you imagine someone is like, guys, my business is on fire and everyone's just in a thread like, oh man, what's going on? like, nah, literally, it's on fire. I'm like, I'd be like, bro, get out of this
0: group message right now.
3: Call someone who <laughs> can help you. Yeah.
0: You know when you, when you call a doctor's office and it says like, if this is a medical emergency, hang up and call 911. <laughs> okay. Fair. Now I'm crying. Uh, okay, but I, I think that, so... I, let me hear you out though, Tom. So the idea there would be to have a space, to have a a thread that basically says like, you know, these are urgent, these are urgent matters. Like jump in here when you need, when you need help. And that way the, the, maybe all the moderators, maybe literally all of us and the entire admin team, you know, people that aren't even on this call, maybe all of us get a notification from that one. Right. That says like help. Joe Torres's business is on fire. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, no, or no, even no. if it's a separate Call 911. Just-
0: <laughs>
1: 1- Call him. You guys mentioned Discord like right at the beginning. Like that's a prime mm. example. In a Discord server, you can have different rooms. Like yeah. one can be for like general chit chat. The other one can be about branding, or the yep. other one could be about like visual identity and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is that basically, being having a way to separate out these conversations, even in small groups, is massively useful. Mm. Have you uh,
3: have you guys ever been, I'm sorry to interrupt, Tom, but you made me think about, have you guys ever been on Reddit at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the w- the way that those are organized, man, I don't know if there's anything we can do with Reddit or something, like make a private thread. But like, it, since you're familiar, you know, you someone comments, if anybody replies to that, what it does is it creates like a separate thread comment, just like mm-hmm. repeatedly. So you can actually scroll through relevant information on a main post pretty easily because you can see like, All right, what's the top comment? Everybody's replying to this. And then you just scroll a little bit further and there's a new top Mm. comment, you know, the second top comment. What's everybody replying about that? Are you guys pumped when I tell you that we're gonna have that? Yes.
0: Yeah. So pumped. We will have that. Okay. So so we're gonna we're gonna we'll have we're gonna have that function or something very similar to that. Um and we're going to have this ability for you to to log in and see Tom to to your to your ask. Um assuming that you have have you know I hate the word bought in I'm, I'm hesitant to use that but assuming that you have a level of membership that gives you all access um, yeah you're gonna have all access for for life in in these you know like other, seeing past people's problems get solved I think that's really special as well it's cool uh, you know what I want to bring up though I want I want to I want to see if you guys have thought through this um, the differences between the ability for us to be able to host individual broadcasts and hit people in different groups with those broadcasts. Meaning like, even though I host a small group that is for my students or Tom, you host a small group that is for your students being able to broadcast live into my group and say like, Hey, Tom's going to do a one day, one time live only workshop. And even though you're not a member of his group, you can watch it. Would that not be a cool opportunity? That would be cool.
2: That would be very cool. I think
1: that massively raises the value for everybody as well. Cause it means as, as educators, we can stick to an area of specialty and know that's okay. And if we go, if we know over a course of somebody being in small groups and, and paying for that, we have like maybe four or five in-depth topics we can cover that don't kind of, knock on any of the material I have el- might have elsewhere, something exclusive to this, it means you don't have to worry about then having to regurgitate that every every kind of time that you want to do this or rotating people into other groups. It, it just means that you have the opportunity to learn from somebody who's actually an expert at the thing that you want to learn about. So for example, I am terrible at self-promotion. I don't think anybody would be surprised if I said that. So if, if the topic for that week is marketing and self-promotion, I'm probably the wrong person to teach it. But by the same token, Miles, you've already told me you don't like talking about gear. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, here I'm here to have that conversation all day and all night. So, like, I, I think that's massive because it it doesn't just change the value for us as educators. It changes the value for somebody as, as a student, somebody wanting to learn. Because it means you can make the choice for the best personality fit for your small group or the best time zone fit for your small group. And then you know you're not missing out on anything valuable because you're going to get access to everything Mm. that all of the educators are doing. So again, if we're thinking about ways that we make this better for the people that are learning, that's the, that's the big win. It's, I get everything now. I don't have Mm. to think I only get that little piece. I get all of it, which is awesome. Yeah. And and I,
0: I want to even go like one step further with that because I I think, you know, it's all of us that, you know, like uh, maybe our university experience, right? You take a, uh, an identity course and then you take a color theory course and then you take an editing class and I see you smirking, Brandon, because uh, I, I already know, you're, you're, I already you drop know out. your opinions. <laughs> and then you drop out. I already know your opinions. But, but in theory, one professor didn't teach an entire program. And I think that that's one of the things that's really missing in in the industry right now is we have we have a lot of educators and this isn't a knock on anybody. I'm not trying to like ruffle feathers, but we have a lot of educators that paint themselves as capable of teaching everything end to end process. If you want, you want to, you know, you want to make a half million dollars. I'm the guy you want to color grade better. I'm the guy. And I think there's a lot of vanity to that. I also think there's a lot of arrogance, but, but like it or not, I mean industry listeners and and you know you guys like that's our fault it's our, it's our fault that 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 kind of um you know system is successful and the reason for that is because we continue to invest in those people's projects and so they they release what do they call it it's Brandon's favorite word the mastermind right mm, and it's like dude you can't be master a mastermind class. at everything yeah you can't. Yeah. And that's not a knock, y'all. And by the way, if you, if you have a mastermind group, I mean, the per- perfect thing that comes to mind, for instance, is Ben Hartley. Ben is one of my closest buddies in this industry and the dude is brilliant. So that's not a knock on the word. But what I'm saying is like, you, you can't as an educator paint yourself as good at everything. And so I think mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to build here, right? Yeah. Is a, a community in which we can host. Because here's what, I want to paint this picture and then I want y'all's reactions. What if, in this new platform, we have the capability for, uh, here's a perfect example. Derek Kautz, we all know the guy, love him. He's a, he's a very active member of Photo Co. And for as talented as he is with a camera, the guy is actually kind of brilliant at SEO and website audits. He's in kind of incredible at it. And so being able to offer him the ability to say, hey, if you will put together a, a, a one-hour or two-hour course that sort of educates and teaches people how to do just simple SEO. And we can host that on the PhotoCo platform. He can be a one-time educator. And then when people jump into their dashboard, maybe that's not included in their membership, but they can say like, hey, I'm struggling with SEO. And for an extra 20 bucks, I could just buy this quick Mm -hmm. quick course.
1: Wouldn't that be a cool... And I think it's interesting that it, it kind of helps people to to get away from that mentality. Because you're right, Like if there was another option and people could pay people that were only good at the thing that they, they really wanted to learn about... That makes sense because the issue with the masterclass is that what you're actually getting is, is mediocre in some things and they're masterful in, in others. Like there are people that I know that sell these masterclass courses and I genuinely would go to them and want to learn about the way that they pose people or the, the particular approach they have to like off-camera flash or the marketing methods. But very rarely is it that they're great at all of those things. Mm-hmm. And if they are, they're a unicorn. Literally, mm-hmm. that's the, the phrase for it. Like somebody's great at everything as a unicorn mm. because they don't exist. Mm. So when when you go through these processes and think, well, no, I'm, I'm aware that not everyone's going to be masterful at everything. That makes sense. And giving some of the options to do like a basic explainer, like foundational elements is helpful because if you decide that you really love what that educator is saying, you can think, well, the SEO information was fantastic, but I, don't, I still don't get it. I wonder if they can offer that service or will they offer me one to one education for that purpose? And you have a person to talk to that you know is actually an expert on what you're talking about because you've already tested it. You know it's the information you need, you just need more. So it's kind of helping people to build expertise. Like, I don't know if you've ever read it, but Seth Golden wrote a book called We're All Weird. And the premise behind it is that as the internet kind of like gave people access, it was possible to get access to more and more niche information more easily. So rather than being a fan of movies, because that's whatever was on at the cinema that week, you'd all be a fan of it. You can like only Star Wars movies, but only the animated ones and only the ones that Dave Filoni had anything to do with. Like you can get super niche with it because... That's the scope we have. We have all this information available. So many people with so many different interests. Why would you want the generalist when if you've got a good platform that makes that information accessible, you can find the specialist that knows exactly what your problem is and may well speak in a way that you find appealing rather than having to go with somebody that might know it that doesn't gel well or doesn't teach well. You have all of these different avenues and you can test it first without having to worry about investing in the wrong thing.
0: Mm,
2: I think it's just huge like what's coming to my head is just in this conversation is like having a foundation of humility and to come out right out the gate to be to say those things that like I, I'm good at this thing, I'm not good at these other things. But guess what? We have a community full of people that can fill in these gaps and just to make the statement that like we believe we're better together. Uh, instead of being alone in something and, and acting and faking till we make it, you know, because we've all been there um, where you're just faking it till you make it and acting like you, you are an expert in all these things. So people will listen to you, but to come out the gate to say, no, I'm not, but you need to meet my friend over here who is in this field and who is in this other field uh, and to come together like that. Um, and just have that foundation of humility, I think is just huge. And I don't know where you find that we're talking about things like, I don't know if that really even exists in a community. And so I think talk about unicorns, I think we could bring one to life. Well, I think too, like I
3: say this on almost every podcast episode I I do, it's like, you know, all I can do is share the way I do things. It's like a way it's a way of doing it. I don't know if it's the way or the right way, but it's the way I do it. And it's, it's like, this is what works for me. So like, you just got to take everything to with a grain of salt because the reality is like, I feel like my mentality on this is other people are here to learn. I'm kind of here to learn too. Mm. Like you, you know, I might be teaching on some sort of topic about video and realize like, just by talking it out, like I'm learning actively by doing that too. I might find out I'm wrong, you know? And of course I'm not, I'm not so prideful to not admit that I would, I would, but I feel like you guys are all share that sort of same mentality, right? It's like, we're always learning. Mm
0: -hmm. I,
3: I, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that knows it all and is good at everything. And that's what I'm known for. Um, I'd rather just be somebody who's, you know, kind of, I, I, of course, I want to be at the pinnacle of my success, whatever that looks like, but along the way, I don't I don't want to be known as the guy who sort of stepped on toes to get there. like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, like let's all pull each other up as we go and
0: mm-hmm.
3: we all have different skill sets. You know, you, you Tom said it best you just you can't be good at everything. You physically cannot do it.
0: But you, you know what blows me away though? Let's bring this kind of down like totally out of the clouds and, and give like real life experiences here. Jared and I have had this conversation a lot. I didn't expect when we launched the small group trainings, I didn't expect for the tier of, of professional to join my group so quickly. Um, you know, we, this was like a come one, come all concept, right? It was like, I don't, I don't care if you picked up your first camera at Costco yesterday. Um, I want, I want a space where we can encourage as a, as a small community. And I think the whole the whole goal early on, right, is that it's so much easier to be vulnerable when you feel like uh, you're not in a vacuum. It's a little intimidating to jump in in front of a thousand people and say like, hey, uh, my business is on fire. But it's it's a whole lot easier when you've got when you got five or six people and we're all willing to share, you know, hey, we're battling, we're, we're slow, our bookings aren't good, um, you know, whatever it is. And what I didn't expect, and it has been, it's sort of been a beautiful thing, was to see, uh, you know, people like Ollie and Steph, but also people like, like Nathan Chapman and Mark Edmond and like people that have joined us. And I, I don't mind using their names because guys, these are professionals that are like established in our industry, um, I mean these are these are working pros that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars successfully they've they have their own podcasts they have their own followings their own educational platforms and um, Roy Serfan being a perfect example that guy's as in, as engaged as anybody and he is hosting his own his own community and and I think one of the things that we're doing here that we're doing right I want to hear have you guys hear this from me. Is that we are attracting people into this community that see the value in in contributing, even as just a member of that community, even though they are they are leading their own charges. Um, and and I think that brings us to like me to ask you guys about this. Like Tom, I know you have your own your own thing going. You've you've worked hard on this own, on yep. on, the, on this thing. Brandon, I mean, I mean, you—you you have absolutely just scaled since you left, formally left my company in in 2020. Your Evoco has absolutely erupted in in its capacity, and and congrats on that,
2: um, and on the new
0: camera. And then Thank you. J- Jared, man, my, my favorite compliment to give you, dude, I couldn't do life without you these days. I genuinely don't know how I would do it, and at the same time, you could easily do life without me. Nah, um, true. Your well, your own business is is has doing is doing Oh such yeah, a, that's true. Yeah. Jerk. Anyway, so <laughs> so how is it then that we can take people with such unique opportunities outside of PhotoCo? And we can invite new educators, just like you guys, in. we can invite new leaders with incredibly diverse uh, perspectives on the world and not ask them to step away from what they're doing, their own successes, their own visions, but ask them to be a part of this community um, and to contribute as, as members or maybe even as, as leaders. How do we do that in a way that's truly respectful of their own success?
1: I mean, the fact we're having this conversation in public is part of it. Like, when you texted me and said, oh, we're just going to record the whole meeting, I was like, oh, okay. But that we need it. We need that kind of transparency because otherwise people will think, well, why have they done that? Well, now they know because the, the meeting's happening in public. So when you say things like, we're going to pay our educators sustainably, we're going to make sure that there's an offering inside of Photocop, but it's easy to access their other offerings. Like, for me, that's vital because I... I have my own podcast that runs a, a, a basically like a, a round table style format. So that I'm, I'm doing this and have been doing this for a while. It's the same with education. Like I said to you at the beginning, like all of my education offerings are one-to-one, which means that if I'm doing one-to-one education, it's going to be under my own umbrella. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be doing something to try and give access to the other people that may not be able to afford that or may not have access to it because the time zones or any other reason that they might have that they, they don't want to do it one-to-one. But having another place where I can put this stuff and make sure the dropout rate is low and keep the value high is a win for everybody. It means that the person learning gets something. It means they see a sustainable opportunity to share that skill that they have and they've learned and cultivated and they are incredible at and not feel like they have to completely step away from their own business. It means that you could be an educator and only educate in private and not advertise, which is a massive thing. It means you can protect your own skills and knowledge and make sure it's only available to people that are actually going to actively engage with the information that you give them. Um, And for me, all of those factors are a huge part of why I'm I'm sat here having this conversation. Transparency, like having the ability to to do your own thing and hang your own shingle, work your own business and be able to teach in the way that you feel comfortable with and have people learn the way they feel comfortable.
3: Totally agree because I don't really like... I don't really want to be known as like an educator personally, but if someone feels like I have something to offer them to help with their business or their, uh, whatever their creative pursuits are like, I, I want to be there to, to help, you know? So the ability to just be able to like separate this out from what I really want to do in my in my business and kind of what I'm chasing after. It's not like, it's not, I don't know. That division is nice,
2: I guess, you mm-hmm. know? I think it's pretty cool. I think like the idea of like people coming in and you're saying like, I don't want to be known as an educator, Brandon. I I think we're all kind of educators in in some facet. When people come in there, we talk Mm -hmm. about how like, as we teach, we learn. And I think what's one of the coolest parts about this conversations is a lot of times you come into them and you, you feel like there's nothing really I have to give to this. But then you realize like, there is some things I have some experiences that these people don't have that I can pour back into the into this conversation. I think it's kind of a mindset deal of of um, casting a vision bigger than yourself. To know that like the experiences that I've had, the knowledge that I've gained, uh, it's okay to give it away uh, because this is it's bigger than me. This community is bigger than me, and I think casting that vision for people. Um, to where they can have their businesses on the side and be thriving, but have a bigger vision to know that there's people out there that you could hand off knowledge and your experience to send them off. Maybe like a younger generation would sound funny, mm-hmm. kind of talking about that because we're all pretty young here. But to know that, like, as we grow, um, there's going to be people who are, who are coming up that, Uh, this knowledge is just, it's gold for these people, but you got to have a vision for that to know that like it's bigger than me and I'm okay to give this stuff away. And I, and I want to make time for that is I guess what I'm trying to say as I have my business on the side, I want to make time to pour into other people.
3: Well, I'll ask this question of like the people that I'm curious about. I I hope this gets to the right person. Like, what are you protecting if you're not trying to, give away some of the stuff that you've picked up over time. Like, really, what do you really think you're protecting? There is not an answer that I've ever heard to that question. That's like satisfied me because the reality is like, if somebody wants to learn what, you know, you can either be the person to like help bring that to them or they'll just, that you might just be stunting their growth. Cause like, they'll find it eventually if they're really mm-hmm. serious about learning it. So like, why
1: wouldn't you just extend the hand? So I just don't get that. <laughs> so I have kind of an answer to this because this this is something I, I really struggle with for a long time because I started in the industry as an educator and then basically got burnt really badly. People taking advantage of you or like taking your information and applying it in a way that ruined your own practice, like intentionally or going through and basically being underhand in their own business dealings. Like there was a student I had on one of my early workshops that essentially carbon copied my entire method of shooting within weeks. And because he already had a larger audience than me, literally just decimated the the inquiry base that I had. So frankly, it's not gatekeeping as much as it is trying to protect a trade secret. Like the, the way that I look at it is that for photographers, a lot of what they develop is like R&D. It's like you're developing a product. And you could argue that you need to develop something that somebody can't instantly copy. But the fact is that that's not really the case. Like with most photography tools, you can spend hours and hours and hours testing and trialing this, that, the other camera or lens or preset, whatever, and have somebody come to an end result. And it's really easy to copy that. It's the reason why we see so many photographers that have exactly the same look when they're looking to edit their work. But equally, having an environment where you know people are invested like this and you can charge appropriately for that knowledge takes away some of that fear. It wasn't that I was unwilling to share. It's just that I shared with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And that's why the community building piece is so vital. Mm, I love that. I mean, I I love both ends of that
0: coin. I'll say this. I mean, something that you said, Jared, a few minutes ago, really hit. Um, you said something about casting a, a large enough vision, mm-hmm. and that's something that you've you've uh, you've kind of drilled into me over the last seven plus years of us being friends. Right, it has been like you know, I, often when my business is struggling or when I'm thriving, <clears throat> I can point to that uh, as an answer. Right, like when when we're struggling, often. I've heard you tell me, you know, like uh, the vision just isn't clear, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, the guys that work for you or the, the people, the people on your team, um, or even your employee, or uh, sorry, even your clients, like they, they want to get behind a big idea, but they don't understand the big idea. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's, let's do a really intentional job, you know, that the four of us, and as well as, you know, the rest of the, the group experts and, uh, you know, the friends, the people that are really active, let's do a really good job of making sure that 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 vision is clear, and that we're refining it as we go. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I will say this: just as a number, I think sometimes numbers get inflated, and, and uh, often people put a uh, put a number out as a vision, uh, not understanding how important it is to to have more than that. Um, but I'll say this: I, a huge, huge goal for me would be a year from now for us to be sitting and having this conversation with a platform built with a process built with a thriving community of people that are not only paying to be a part of photoco but also feeling like the value that they're getting out is tenfold what they're putting in and um, and I'd like to say I, I I love the idea of us saying like let's not quit let's not slow down until there's 5,000 people mm-hmm. um, on there and uh, and that's a that's a big that's a big goal um, but I think for us to say like, we want you know by the end of 2024 we want to see 5000 businesses uh, as a member of this community and 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 then understanding i mean you guys it's going to it's going to require a lot out of us as a team to say there aren't enough of us at that point we need we need more leaders we need we're going to have to have enough distribution of income to make sure that we're bringing in people that are going to hold the same level of quality um, that are going to offer the same, you know, attention to detail because I can't oversee 5,000 people and no, neither can y'all, but I do know this. I absolutely know this. There are 500,000 photographers, probably just in the U S alone, but certainly globally that are struggling and dealing with everything from just being isolated and insecure to, um, you know, fighting through burnout, fighting through that imposter syndrome thing, fighting through just the simplicity of like all the right tools and not the right direction. And right now, like right today, we can solve that for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So even without changing what we're doing, we can, we can solve that now. So let's build a platform that can offer so much more to those people.
1: I love well it. Well said.
0: Let's go. Okay. All right. Well, hey. So let's I, let's. I mean, probably we we're already over an hour, and I and I told you guys I I didn't want to meet forever. Um. Let me let me do this. I'd love to hear kind one, of like one hour is forever, bro. Well, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let's let's hear. I, I I'd love to hear from you guys just sort of like closing thoughts and and uh, and whatever, but. I'll go first because I don't always love being the first and last voice on everything. So, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say this. Um, every, every person on this call, I, I strongly believe, firmly believe that you guys are the best. Uh, not the best that I have access to not the best that I, you know, that I can reach, um, you know, over the course of the last year on the podcast, Jared and I have had a chance to sit with some of the brightest and boldest voices in this industry and, and really build relationships with these people. You guys are on this call simply because I think that you are, uh, the best leaders that I know, um, of character, of, of perspective, um, you guys are the ones that I like that, that I want to put my name beside as we grow this thing. And so I just want to ask you guys to be really intentional then on making sure that um that y'all are holding me accountable in the same in the same right and that we're we're doing we're doing photo co for people, not not because of them. Word. Yes. Is that the final Agreed. word?
3: You summed it up.
1: You summed it up. You, you want, you want one good. of us to yeah. end it off for
0: you? <laughs> Yo, somebody else. I feel so
2: awkward no. now. Oh, I mean, look,
1: you just dropped the mic and then expect us yeah. to pick it up to say goodbye. Like it's just a, bit of a weird, <laughs> weird thing to do.
2: <laughs> well, Hey, so what's, what's the call to action here, man? Like what do, what do people need to be on the lookout for?
0: I'm going to end up with the last word either way here, aren't I? Yeah. Here's what's coming up. Okay. Here's what's next. Uh, the call to action. First things first. If you're listening to this podcast, I can promise you and I can promise you and hear me out on this. I'm I'm genuinely talking to you. I can promise you that there are five or six or 10 photographers in your community that you have not invited to be a part of this community because you're insecure. That's just, I'm just being blunt. It, there there are people that you're afraid that if you bring into this thing they're gonna benefit somehow and they're gonna they're gonna move past you on an imaginary hamster wheel and and that's not the case so the first call to action is this: you have a responsibility to your industry just as much as you have a responsibility to your business. The two are directly connected and so you, you inviting people to be a part of a community that you believe in is vital. And it's not only vital for you to have that community, but it's vital for us to maintain that community. If we're not growing, um, this thing will flatline. So we need you to help us grow it. You can't, we can't leverage. We're not influencers. We, we, we're using you, you're using you guys. No. To, yeah, that's yeah. So we're using you guys to help bring the people in. So help us bring the people in. The mm-hmm. second call to action here uh, would be understanding that there is going to be a a shift in the way PhotoCo looks and feels over the coming months. And that shift is all very intentional. I hope you guys are hearing that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's going to always be a giant free space where you are invited into, always. I promise you guys, there will always be a free space where anyone who owns a camera or even can spell the word camera is invited in to, to be a part of this stuff. But... Um, we're creating tiers and levels where you guys can choose to get more out of this community and get more involved in that community. And so um, expect for that platform and those announcements to be coming in the coming months. My goal, my big hope is for guys, for us to um, by June, certainly by late May, by June for us to have this entire thing ready for us to blow the doors wide open and invite people Mm -hmm. into. So I think spring is going to be very busy in us Mm -hmm. creating and shaping this platform and getting it ready. Um, And then lastly, here's the, here's the true, a, a true actual call to action. If we don't hear from you about what it is that you want what, what things that you could take away from from being a part of this community, what you'd love to see in a platform, um, ways that you'd like to be able to interact. If we don't hear from you directly, then you can't hold us responsible for failing on the things that that you don't speak up to. So your voice matters, which means that whether you hit us in the Facebook group in public or you write any of us a DM, um, it, it's 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 important that we hear from you and say like, these are the things that we wish that we were getting um, and, uh, and dream big because I'm in a mood to, to, to go big. So. Let's go. Okay. I love it. All right. Fellas. I freaking love you guys. Um, hey, last thing, just so everybody can, in, can, can, in, uh, can interact and reach you where you're at. Can you guys go around and tell everybody um, <laughs> the best way to reach you? Um, Cause that's, that's big.
2: Let's go. Heck yeah. You can reach me either by email, jared, jared, at mileswitboyer.com, or you can get me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is jared, jared, mark, m-a-r-k, sure. f-i-n-c-h-e-r. Jared won his second grade spelling
3: bee. He'd like you to know that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, you can reach me at Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N at Evoco Films, E-V-O-K-O Films.com. I'm also on Instagram, Brandon.Buccieri, and I yeah, will spell this that one, one, one for <laughs> you. I will spell it for you. Don't you worry. Can you slow that down? It's, <laughs> it's, can you put me in slow motion? You're at Brandon. No, we got uh, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon it's, all, it's dot- all the vowels we don't understand <laughs> Brandon Bucheri, b-u-c-c-h-e-r-i on instagram i would i am very much looking forward to talking to you i love talking to people on instagram that's how i built my entire
1: career is like the dm so i'm looking forward to hearing from you exactly the same all about those dms um for me i'm on instagram at by tom w b-y-t-o-m-w dot well not not nothing it's instagram um and my website is www.workflowbytomw.com um but yeah dm me like emailing is fine if that's your thing but dm me it's just a lot easier i don't have to be quite as formal and i can send you back exactly what you want to hear and and you don't have to worry about it it's super easy to search um but yeah instagram is the best and then website if you want to know about the education i
0: offer the only way that we can wrap this up correctly is to announce that we are starting to work on the ideas of the very first. Uh, it'll be late this year though, guys, late this year, the very first co retreat um and we're playing around with words for that with names for that right now I I really love the idea uh, well let's ask Tom
1: Tom what are we what's the
0: name that we're thinking about calling this
1: i I hate you a little bit uh, it's it's called the photoco powwow which are words that should never <laughs> leave a British person's <laughs> mouth <laughs> because I, I don't think I've ever felt as uncomfortable saying a sequence of words in that order before <laughs> it's impressive like <laughs> frankly so if you ever hear anybody telling you what that that is that that retreat is it it probably won't be me again so savor it while you got it
2: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) savored
0: more information on the photo co powwow coming coming soon oh wow what a mess is that a wrap guys yeah oh it's been wrapped